I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of Let's Talk About Brand was initially broadcast as a live stream in 2021. It has been edited from its original format. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I do this show every single Friday at 12 noon Eastern or 5 p.m. British time, as is very relevant today, talking all about different elements of branding with my very smart friends. And today I have a treat. Today I have Rob and Kennedy. I love Rob and Kennedy, and they have a very interesting background. They didn't start out as marketers. They started out as performers, and then they realized that a lot of the things that they were using on stage and in their acts, it was all, it all really came down to psychology and that can so easily be applied to marketing. So now they are the email marketing heroes. All right. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring on the fabulous email marketing heroes, Rob and Kennedy, and we're going to talk all about the psychology of branding. So here they come. Yay! Welcome, guys. How are we doing today? Hello. Thanks for having us. <laughs> now, it's good to have guests on that I'm already friendly with because I was a hot mess today. I, like, slept in today. I didn't have any of my show stuff prepped. And so Rob and Kennedy were very, very gracious and let me just kind of uh, tinker around a bit at the beginning. So thank you, guys. Glad it all worked out. We all look fabulous. We're all framed up right. Uh, Dewey says hello from the future, but you're not their future. You're in the same time as them, Dewey, right? Dewey's over in Wales. Um but yeah, so so let's let's get started by hearing a little bit about your backgrounds because you are you didn't start out as marketers, of course. You started out and in fact still are performers. So I think we'll go in order. Let's let's start with just a quick snippet. Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh your background here? Yeah, sure. So I'm actually a stage hypnotist uh, for the past like 18 years or so. Uh, I've been lucky enough to travel almost all over the world and perform my show. Uh, so I hypnotize people on stage, make them do crazy things and then send them back to the audience. And we all have a lovely time doing all of that. Um, and met Kennedy at a magician's convention. It's literally the coolest place on earth. Um, it's like a real life Hogwarts, there's castles and people with beards and all sorts. Um, and we became friends and, uh, and yeah, and, and embarked on this world of an, an entertainment business. Cause let's face it, being an entertainer is actually a business. You don't just stick an ad in the yellow pages and then wait for the phone to ring. Like you have to learn about branding and positioning and pricing and all of that cool stuff. That's awesome. And of course you're a hypnotist. So obviously the connection to the, the mental element of things is is right there and i'm going to be asking you a little bit later how you parlayed some of some of the things that you learned about the human mind and and how to influence it uh and how you apply that to marketing to branding to email to all of that 
But uh, for now, let's hop over to Kennedy. Kennedy, tell us about um, your background. Yeah, I mean, basically, I've spent the last, I don't know, 15, 16, 17, some, some years uh, entertaining people at conferences, uh, private parties, uh, mostly mostly around Europe, a little bit further abroad. And then I also ended up somehow accidentally working on some really luxury uh, cruise ships and yachts and stuff for uh, some really lovely people. Performing as a, as what this call in the States, a mentalist, but I'm a comedy mentalist, or in the UK we call that a mind reader, because the word mentalist has a very different 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 um, feeling or different thought, thought around it. So uh, yeah, basically I use psychology, body language, statistics in order to make it look a lot like I can get into people's heads, influence their thoughts, and read what it is they're thinking about. And I've been doing that after dinner, at all these kind of events for the last sort of 17 or 18 years. And similarly, I realized that I actually hate selling. I hate getting on the phone and selling people my show because the phone doesn't just ring on its own. And what I realized is actually, if I come up with some really good email marketing campaigns and strategies, I can use the same techniques that I use on stage to make it look like I read people's minds. I can use them in my email marketing to actually take inquiries that come through my website and I can turn them into actual bookings automatically without actually having to speak to somebody else, which is quite amazing considering like it's not like a $10, $27 or you know, $50 pound, um, purchase. You're talking about multiple thousand dollar or multiple thousand pound purchase. And it's still possible doing it without even speaking to us another soul. Other entertainers started asking me because they would, they would like sort of send pretend inquiries in. They would say, how are you? We know how much that you're, you're, you're charging because I've received a quote from you because I'm not really called Amanda. I'm called Barry, the magician. <laughs> and um, and uh, they would say, I know how much you charge. And I can see that you're really busy because you're posting on Facebook about all, with all these different places that you're performing. How are you able to be busy and expensive? So I ended up coaching, and I still coach other entertainers through one of my other businesses um, about how to build businesses as an entertainer where you can command really good fees, earning a really good income, and do that. Um, sort of consistently, because I think a lot of businesses of all types struggle with the consistency bit. And then other businesses kept saying, can you help me sort of do that as well? And that's kind of how we ended up, Rob and I ended up getting together as a as a business duo to help other other, other uh, business, business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, I hate that word, but uh, to do the same thing. So, of course, a lot of that was about uh, selling without having to sell quite the same way. Um, and not having to hop on the phone with people, which I certainly understand. I have massive phone anxiety. People wouldn't think it. I seem so like, whoa, people. But I'm like, I like people in person or on video. The phone, I don't know what it is. It's just phone anxiety. And selling is the worst. So it's interesting. So you help performers put themselves out there and market themselves. It's interesting that uh, you chose to focus on email, but I gather that that was because it was a way of doing that that was fairly efficient for you. Yeah, there was this totally. weird thing. We we both ended up independently just fiddling around with email marketing and didn't really mention it. And it was when it was really in its infancy, like it was very really in the early days, there was probably only two email marketing platforms on the market. Not everybody even had their own email address at the time. Like that's how long ago we're talking. And um, I, we're not, we were both in our teens. And one day after a couple of years, we just sort of said to each other, oh, I've got this thing called Aweber, which was the email marketing platform we used at the time. And uh, I've started to build like an email list. And now when people 
inquire, they get added to that list and now we email them. And so we both noticed, actually, that's a thing I've been doing as well. So we very quickly said, okay, great. In that case, let's pull notes and see what's working. What kind of campaigns do we need? How often can we follow up? All of that stuff. Yeah, really, really quickly. I love that. It's something that you were both finding is the most effective thing for yourselves. I just want to take a moment and remind our live viewers that we do have a lovely mug to give away. You can match me. You can rock my name on the back of it. Who wouldn't want that? Does not come with lipstick marks, though. I'm considering manufacturing one that does, but this one doesn't. So clearly email marketing is your chosen vehicle, but we're here to talk about branding. So I would love to hear um, a little bit of insight about how you took what you knew about the human mind, because so much of both of your shows is about ultimately manipulating the human mind, right? Uh, if you're hypnotizing someone, if you're, if you're mind reading, it's about using certain kind of, not tricks, but psychological techniques. So I would love to hear about how you used those techniques, not only to get your own brands out there as performers and as email marketing heroes, but how how you hope others do the same? How does that those mind those mental techniques? How do they apply towards getting yourself into people's heads? One of the things we have to remember is it's literally about how much physical space can you take up in someone's head. And what we can do is we, one of the things that we need to do with our brand is we need to have as many hooks as possible, so that when somebody sees something, there are many different reminders of you so that they keep getting called back to you. So um, so if you're a really large brand, let's say like a really large recognizable global brand like uh, Coca-Cola, for example, they've run, they've run campaigns where they just showed you the lower half of their logo so you could not read the word Coca-Cola, but you absolutely knew it was them because of the because of the curly font, because of the colors, because it was a red background with a white foreground color, font color. You knew all of these things. So how are the things we can do that? One of the things we have to ask, I think, is, well, it's an interesting question I asked myself only a few months ago, which is, what are the fewest number of words somebody needs to say before people who know me know they're talking about me? And so if you say email marketing and white spiky hair, it's probably me, right? <laughs> or if you say email marketing and mind reader, it's probably me. Or probably. if it's email marketing and hypnotist, it's probably Rob. Or email marketing and bright red hair, it's probably Rob. If you say branding and red hair, it's definitely not Rob. You know, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's definitely Christy. So, th so you're this very is the well thing branded. About... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, look at the place. So, uh, so, um, so, so I think what we've got to remember is it's about how many different callbacks to you are there, not just in how it looks, but in what you do. I mean, we didn't call ourselves anything other than email marketing heroes because it has the word email marketing in it. We're not being clever or cutesy with what we do. We tell you, we, we, we help you with email marketing and we teach psychology-based email marketing. That's what we do. And that's our unique approach. So what we've got to remember, what we've got to figure out for all of us, I think, is how do you figure out what your approach is and how do you make sure, hey, Christian, um, how do you make sure that your, that your audience absolutely has defined what it is you do? And this is what becomes difficult. When we talk to marketing agencies, I remember when I first started, I had I hired some marketing agency. They're like, we need to go with your USP. Can we swear during this show? I'm not. I'm not sure if we can. Or not. Fuck yeah! We'll keep it. 
<laughs> okay. So USPs is probably the biggest load of bollocks I've ever heard about because <laughs> it's it's so like 70s, 80s, and just to 90s. Unique service prop unique selling proposition. Is that unique it? Unique selling proposition circa 1990s. No one gives a shit anymore. Yeah. The, pro- the, the problem with all of that is there's nothing really unique anymore. And actually what we have to come up with is what are all of the ingredients which are probably common that make the unique um Rob is real. They <laughs> hide Rob a lot. Kennedy is kind of the uh the pra <laughs> the one who's out there. <laughs> but go ahead. Um, so unique selling it. proposition. Yeah, so what you need instead is to take the ingredients and it's the recipe, it's your recipe which makes up those ingredients that makes you unique. It's not the individual ingredients. The fact that I've got white hair doesn't make me unique because I know loads of people with white hair. The fact that Rob's got red hair does n- is not the thing that makes him unique. Nope. What makes Rob unique is the fact he's red hair, hypnotist, email marketing. What are the few, what are the... Um, I love this so much. Each of you are so real. Hey, Jeremy. I'm so how sorry. Are you? I keep distracting <laughs> you with the comments. Go ahead. No, right. this is it's like okay. reading ADD, isn't it? Like in the middle of a point, and then a comment comes up. Oh, hey! yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you three things I can tell you about Jeremy. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, here's the thing. What are the fewest number of words? And that's the thing that makes you your unique recipe. So my recipe for making that particular cake will make it taste a bit different to when you make the same cake because we'll use slightly different things. You might use more vanilla. You might use more sugar or less sugar or more whatever. You might use all the different things. That's where it becomes unique. So when we think about taking over people's minds, we have to think about what are the fewest things that they need to put together before the realize it absolutely is me. What is the unique recipe that makes us us? So one more thing before I shut the hell up. And that is because we're from a show business background and we've been on stage more, you know, all of our lives, everything we do has a showbiz element to it. So we don't have a podcast called Email Marketing the Podcast. We have a podcast called The Email Marketing Show because we want people to know we're from a show business background um our membership where we teach email marketing is called the league of email marketing heroes because that's theatrical and dramatic and it all looks like fbi and like some kind of crazy movie it's all about superheroes are like the league of extraordinary gentlemen it's exactly that it's that's, that's exactly where it came from right yeah so everything is branded around being theatrical superhero-y um, and not and just understanding what your brand is and just making sure you haven't overstepped the brand but at the same time it's not being um bland brand nobody wants that <laughs> no nobody wants a bland brand so so rob i'd love to hear a bit from you especially since you come from a hypnosis background and so much of that is about influence which ultimately is what branding is so i'd love to hear from you a bit about how you apply your special sauce and how people can apply that to their branding as well and i have yes, to Special sauce, Rob. Come on. And before we get too distracted, I got another comment from Jeremy. But you guys are blowing his mind, um, which is fantastic. That is what we are here to do. We're here to specifically blow Jeremy's mind. Um, so, so Rob, so Rob tell- could you blow Jeremy's mind with your special sauce? Yeah, Rob. <laughs> blow our minds, man. No pressure. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, everything that I do on stage comes down to uh, like a handful of really simple techniques 
that create this massive thing. So like, it's funny in my show, like my, my, my work is done after like 15 minutes of getting on stage and everything else. from then I'm just faffing about, like, I'm just thinking, what else can we make people do? Obviously following the structure of the show we've written, but fundamentally like all of the, all of the hard work and heavy lifting is done in the first 15 minutes or before I get on stage. So one of the things that hypnosis primarily comes down to is our ability to, uh, is to our ability to train people to do what we want them to do. And so from the minute people come into the auditorium, if you come and see my show, there's like a million things going on around you that are all designed to get you into the mindset of, of knowing that something's going to happen, expecting it to happen and knowing how to respond when it does. And we do the same thing with every bit of our marketing to make sure that the brand seeps through in everything that we do. So we are constantly and that's from little things down like and you've got this as well like every time you introduce yourself or talk about something you do it in exactly the same way every week when you do the show the opening is going to be the same apart from who the guest is it's all about getting people completely programmed and comfortable and programmed i mean in the nicest in the nicest sense not like brainwashed but <laughs> programmed into knowing what's going to happen and what to expect and the fact that you're in control and, and they're safe and they're, they're on a good journey and they're on a good path and then basically from that point on training them as to what to expect so one of the things we do as a core part of of our brand is we send an email every day, 365 days a year, even on Christmas day. And we made sales on Christmas day, believe it or not. Um, Every single day, 365 days a year, our subscribers get an email from us. Now, the only way we can get away with that because like we do every, every business can email every day if they wanted to. But the only way that you as a business owner can get away with that is if it becomes part of your brand, if it's part of who you are, is that, you know, if somebody joins your email list, they're going to get an email from you every day. That's the only reason that anyone would uh, tune in to watch you go live on social media every day is if it becomes part of your brand. The reason why everybody tunes in every week to watch this is because it's part of your brand and who you are. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So one of the things that we are constantly doing from day one, the, the minute somebody comes into our world for the first time, is training them to understand how we expect them to behave from this moment forward. So for me on stage, that's a whole bunch of stuff that I do that I can't tell you about because that's secret. But there's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff we do in, in, our, in our emails. So the minute somebody joins our list, we want to make sure that we email them and we tell them exactly what they're going to get and exactly what we expect them to, to do. So our getting to know you sequence, as we call it, which is our four-part welcome email sequence, it's all designed to further our brand and their connection with us. So in that, we use a whole bunch of our own terminology, something I'm going to come on to in a minute. So like our own frameworks, our own... Um, analogies, our own 
ways of explaining stuff. It's riddled with it inside that welcome sequence because all we're trying to do is train people to know that when we when we when we send you emails, you're going to open them, you're going to click on the links. So all those emails have loads of different things they can click on to engage with us in different ways. And then the other side of that is that we use a lot of our own sort of language stuff so that like we we have our own names for things like the getting to know you sequence and the rock band mentality and a whole bunch of other stuff that we talk about. All of these things are just names we came up with for the things that we do. They don't mean anything particularly. They're just names that we came up with and we like, albeit getting to know you is uh, obviously from the musical, the King and I, so that keeps yeah. in realms with our <laughs> theatricality. Um, but what we what we love to do is make sure we use our own language because that way, again, it gets under the skin of people. Like the like we have people now who are in our program, the league. They've come in, they've learned something that we teach. Like they've learned our getting to know you sequence. They've learned something that we call snowball emails. These are words that we came up with because we needed something to call it when we came to teach it. Like we just needed something that we knew what it was internally. And we were like, well, what can we call it so that other people know what that is? And um, now we have a problem where those people are going into other groups uh, like, you know, technical support groups or whatever. And they're asking questions about stuff or they're ringing their email marketing platform and saying, hi, I'm trying to write a snowball email. And the person on the phone's going, well, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know. Cause they're not in they're our in world yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're creating a really strong community bond around the brand, which all comes about because they're talking to each other in the same language. They're using the same words that makes outsiders feel like outsiders because they're not in the know. They don't know what these words are or what these things mean. So I think fundamentally, two of the really big things that we that we took straight out of the stuff that I do on stage and apply to this is put the training wheels on and like train everybody and exactly how you expect and want them to behave and then use language to make sure that people feel like they're well, just not feel like know that they are part of something and feel connected to it every day. Oh, you're such, you're creating that whole environment around yourselves. Oh, it's brilliant. I love it. I do want to hear a little bit more about psychology, but again, I want to make sure we get to some questions. We have some questions. Um, anyone who wants to tell ask questions for us in the comments can go for it. And also we have some questions from our from my Tuesday chat. So let's see. Emily wants to know some of the key ingredients for a successful first impression. Oh wow, that's a that's a blooming big question. I mean, I think the, <laughs> the first thing that, I think the first thing that people get wrong with a first impression is they don't link it correctly. So there's no context. So one of the things we talk about a lot with email marketing is context, right? So imagine somebody joins your email list and you're on day four of a really lovely product launch of your brand new lovely course or your lovely program. And day four happens to be the day that is your social proof day where you're going to tell them about all the lovely things all these customers are, are saying about your program. And someone just joins your email list that day. And the first email they get from you is, here's six things that Sally likes about ABC, the musical because you're selling ABC, the musical, that's the name of your course. Right? <laughs> um, and uh, so but the problem is that person who's just joined your list is now thinking, what the heck is Sally talking about? Why does she love it? And why is it quick to implement? Why does she like the second thing that happens in the musical? Why does she like it? So there's no context. So to make a first impression, you've got to control context. And the way you do that with all of our marketing is we make sure we manage the journey that somebody goes through when they joined our world. You wouldn't go up to somebody at an event or at uh, like, I mean, Christy, we, we've met a few times and at events and things, and we don't go up with each other and go, 
And the second thing about that, Christine, is because you'd be like, what? Weird man, what's happening with you? Whereas if, if you go to somebody and you make introductions, that's what you do. And people just don't do it with email marketing. That's why what Rob was talking about there was the first thing people need to ha- go through is some kind of getting to know you sequence where you get to know them, they get to know you. And then the second thing they need to do is the second thing we usually teach people to do is this thing again it's got a theatrical name because everything's on brand with that whole thing that. and that is we, we call it an overture sequence which is that's where you create context for what your product is you introduce the cast and characters you tell people this is what the product is this is who it helps this is how it does that this is why it's wonderful so now by the end of that at the very bare minimum they know what you're going to be talking about in your everyday emails so context is the most important thing when it comes to whether it's video communicate like at the beginning of this of this session of, of these lives every single every single week christine comes on and tells you this is what i do this is how often i do it this is who it's for and this is why it's, it's this is why it's great that creates context so most marketing really lacks context which means The people who, they can't buy into it. They can't continue watching. They can't keep reading. And a great way, and I just, I've got to tell you about this. I I bought, we we buy like loads of products about email marketing to see what other people are doing. Rob knew it was only a matter of time before I ran about this. So we bought this course uh, yesterday to see what somebody else was doing, right? And uh, I read, um, I read this, this, this onboarding sequence that somebody had written about, you know, this welcome sequence. And uh, the thing they're teaching is, is it does something which we should never do in email. Okay, and that is, do never ever back reference emails. You can forward reference to try and get people to tune in to the next email and open up the next email. That will increase your open rate. If you say, oh, and tomorrow I'm going to show you, or next week I'm going to show you this thing, that will help you using the psychological principle of open loops where you our brains don't like incomplete information. So if you say, tomorrow I'm going to show you the three things that will help you to do this thing, people will want to hear what that is tomorrow. That's great. But don't back reference. The reason is, one is no one's getting 100% open rates. So if the person reading today didn't read yesterday, then they feel out of the out of the loop with it. And also, if they just it, that's bad as well. But also, you think about what you want to be doing with your subscribers. You want to be moving them forwards. You want to be moving them backwards, digging through their inbox to try and find the context of what you're talking about. So don't back reference, okay? Always be creating context. Love it. Anything quick to add to that, Rob? We've got a couple more questions. Um, no, I think that was good. That was, that was nailed it. <laughs> well done, Kennedy. All right. Next question is Trisha wants to know what are your thoughts regard? Oh God, this is going to be a while, but that's okay. What are your thoughts regarding unconscious bias regarding branding? For example, if a brand is retroactively known for a bad product or service and working towards being better, can unconscious bias be eradicated over time? That's so I think. <laughs> I think it definitely can. The problem is that most people don't do anything, don't really do anything about it. So they'll either try and like sweep stuff under the carpet, like just like, let's just not talk about it anymore. Or they'll probably go too far and they'll try and make excuses or stories or, um, or, uh, like stuff that sounds made up and sounds like it's ridiculous. And it's, it sounds like it's, uh, like they're going too far to try and solve the problem. So they'll either ignore it completely as the this i'm talking about the business here they'll either ignore it completely or they'll go like way overboard trying to like solve the problem and make up for it and really and really and i think there's a sweet spot somewhere in the middle which means that what you really need to do is you need to dig in so yes you can definitely do it i think it becomes about starting to reinvent 
the brand somewhat, reinvent what it is that you're known for and reinvent it. Because we're all evolving all of the time. Like as brands, our stuff now looks nothing like it did 12 or 18 months ago. In fact, our email marketing heroes brand was only started about 13 months ago and it came about to solve a different problem we had in our own business we were trying to like find a way to do it so that's why we created that brand before that we were just known as our software platform response suite and response suite was our brand and for a bunch of reasons response suite is now just a product within our email marketing heroes brand so that's a really massive shift that we had to make and therefore that's a lot of like psychological stuff to overcome that's a lot of stuff to help people understand oh that's the guys from that response suite thing and now i have to understand what this new higher hierarchy of stuff looks like so i think it's just about um it's just about a slow brand reinvention it's all done through story stories uh i'm amazed kennedy hasn't said the word story yet stories are like one of the most powerful things that we've got in our in our arsenal of starting to uh change people's perceptions of stuff um but yeah i I think functionally if we start to tell if we start to tell the right stories that's how we start to overcome that that's how we start to get over that stuff that people feel like they can't let go of love it and scott points out that you guys are trying to compete with his hair game. Um, I got to wonder who had it first, though. I think Rob and Kennedy have had the hair going a bit longer. Plus, theirs is actually attached to their heads, Scott. <laughs> All right. I, so... had, I, had, I had red hair before Rihanna. Now, I'm not saying she copied me, but, you know. <laughs> and you probably had it before I did, too. But I, but I didn't know you yet until we both had it. True. This is true. <laughs> uh, so Marianne wants to know a couple, couple quick fire questions. First of all, what's your favorite cheese? Red Leicester. I don't eat cheese. All right, so Kennedy's not on the show anymore. Uh, Ant or deck? Deck. Um, For those who don't know, those are are well-known British hosts. They're also from Newcastle, which is where we're from. Um, Yeah, um, I'm... You can't, the thing is like Rob and I, you can't, one of the other things about our brand is we always appear together and they always appear together. So you can't choose. We, on our old podcast, which Scott Ayers was, uh, was a guest on, by the way, um, Mm -hmm. on our previous podcast to the three, uh, to to the email marketing show, um, we used to finish off with the question, which was, who do you like more, Rob or Kennedy? And we used to force guests to pick, even (laughs) though most of them didn't even know us. Yeah. Yeah. We're horrible people. That's pretty funny. Way to not answer. Uh, Rob, have you ever hypnotized Kennedy? No, I, that would feel like some sort of weird. No, wink, wink. Sex thing. <laughs> now Kennedy's going to start clucking like a chicken. And Kennedy, have you ever <laughs> read Rob's mind? Like a virgin. Sorry. Um, have I ever, uh, no, well, I, Every day. I mean, what, yeah, what's incredible. And this like, yeah, I mean, like literally today, and it's been happening more recently, mate, hasn't it? Where Rob will go, yeah. I've been thinking about this, and I'm like, get out of my friggin' head. Like, yeah, we are so focused on the same outcomes that, that we are literally thinking in parallel for a lot of stuff at the minute. Yeah. That's, that's just I think a good partnership right there. Up. So I, I'm going to wrap up with a question from Christian, who was actually the guest on your email hour Twitter chat yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. And this leads very nicely from what you just answered, which is you share many similarities. What's the biggest difference in your brand or marketing approach? Um, ooh, I don't know. You are um, different. You're different personalities. You sort of take a different role in the in the uh, public facing 
elements of your company. Oh, Patty's here. Hey, Patty. Yeah, I mean, Kennedy. So Kennedy's like the really creative one. I've stopped saying I'm not very creative because I've been told that's a limiting belief. Um, Kennedy's like the really out there creative one. And I'm, and and that's where he enjoys being the most. I prefer like systems and tech. And also Kennedy's like, (laughs) Kennedy brings people in the front door and then I sell them out the back. Like I do all, I do most of our emails day to day, but Kennedy's like the face of the business that brings people in and does a lot of the content marketing stuff. So brand wise, I think Kennedy really, uh, yeah, Kennedy likes to talk about the creative stuff. I like to talk about the tech stuff. Yes. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for being on. This was incredible. I can't wait till I can hang out with you in real life again. I have my fingers crossed. I have my fingers and toes and everything crossed. I'm twisting, twisting myself into all sorts of pretzels uh, for November for our Tomicon. That would be really nice to be in Newcastle in November. Uh, we'll see if it's safe. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for being on. Tell everybody where they can find you and why they should. And feel free to make it not just about the email thing, but also if you're performing any of that stuff. Sure. So uh, if you want to hear us talk about email marketing every week in a funny and whimsical way, go to Spotify or wherever the heck you get your podcast from and search for The Email Marketing Show. I will warn you, it has the most annoying um, theme tune and jingle that you'll find yourself singing at the most inappropriate times. And off the back of that, if you want to talk about using psychology in your marketing, psychology-led email marketing, we've got a free Facebook group. It's called The Email Marketing Show Community. See how creative I was there. I put the word community <laughs> on the end of the email marketing show podcast. Whimsical. Um, so you can literally just search for the email marketing show community on Facebook. And we hang out in there all the time and um, talking about psychology led email marketing. You can find us on social too, just Rob and Kennedy on Instagram and Twitter. Very nice. And I highly recommend everyone does both of those things. These guys are incredible. They'll really up your game. Um, And if you actually join their league, they'll up it even higher. If you would like some money, give them yours. (laughs) You like that? (laughs) I'm going to use, I'm going to write a headline now. If you'd like some money, give us yours. Give us yours. Go for it, guys. And uh, just to remind everyone, I do do this show every week. And I also have a companion Twitter chat. My Twitter chat on Tuesdays, chat about brand, is always on the same topic as my Friday show. So Tuesday, the 23rd, we're going to be talking about brand humanity, making your brand feel a little more human, a little more personal. And we're talking about that because we're going to have the people on who literally copyrighted H2H, human to human. There's business to consumer. There's business to business. Now there's human to human. That's what it's all about. And we're going to have Courtney and Brian Kramer on talking about that next Friday. So make sure to join us. Thank you so much for being here. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.